Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This week's episode is brought to you by Bruch. Brush is an electric toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth with powerful sonic technology and ultra gentle bristles. The Brush redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's like that feeling when you just leave the dentist and I'm not talking about, you know, the sore gums. I'm talking about a fresh whole mouth clean every single day. Listeners will get 15% off their total purchase with code POD15, that's P-O-D-1-5. Follow the link in the show notes and enter the code to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine. Let's start the show. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. My name is Ahmad, and I'm your host. It is Sunday, April 25th, and I am back. We are back with another exciting episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox in the studio um, for the sixth consecutive time. I have my wife, Karen. Say hello to the people. Hello, hello. Um, so glad to have you back here um, for what is a momentous occasion. Listeners, if you've been following the podcast, you know that over the past six weeks, we have been conducting a search. You know, we we reflected and we said, I said, Karen, what do you think is the best R&B album of the past decade from 2010 to 2019? I said it just like that. All, all of those words. I was like, huh. You know, I don't know. That's exactly what she said. And I said, wow, that wasn't helpful. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And so I can't have all the answers. (laughs) And so I, you know, I dug deep in my research bag and I compiled some data and decided to have a tournament. The second installment of this tournament, the back in the day tournament, volume two, 40 albums had a chance at being crowned the uh, best R&B album of the past decade. Um, Today, in the Dig Deeper segment, one will remain. So very excited about that. Um, Going to get into that in the Dig Deeper segment. Um, As you know, um, with the tournament, I've been saving the Song of the Week in the Press Play segment um, for the podcast newsletter, not going over those on the episode. Um, But you can get all the links to everything that um, I'll talk about or in the song of the week in the press play segment, all of the the music videos, the performances, the things that you should check out. All of that will be in the podcast newsletter. Go to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com. On the homepage, there's a place where you can put in your email. Join the mailing list. You'll get the podcast newsletter in your inbox uh, right when the episode drops. 
Um, or you can just go to the newsletter tab. All of the podcast newsletters are there. Um, so without any further ado, let's jump into the Dig Deeper segment. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox, and welcome to the Dig Deeper segment. As I mentioned, this is the final, the final episode, the conclusion of the Back in the Day Tournament, Volume 2. Uh, you know, we had about 110 albums um, that could have made, uh, you know, the, the, the final 40 uh, that would actually play for the title. Um, we got it down to those 40, eight of them uh, played into the tournament, and now we have a final four. And in this episode, we will crown the Critics' Choice Championship and the Fan Love uh, Conference Championship, sorry, the Critics' Choice Conference Championship and the Fan Love Conference Championship winners. And then those two winners will duke it out um, for the title. Um, so we're going to do all of that in this one episode. You thought you were coming for a short episode where we just decide who would face for the title, but look at that. You're going to get a winner because we're efficient. <laughs> look at the value yeah. that this podcast is bringing you. Yes. Free. Yes. For the free. You know, unless you want to support uh, via the ACAST supporter uh, link in the show notes, uh, then it would not be for free. It would be however much you wanted to pay. But always an option. I'll leave that up to you. Um, <laughs> so we have our final four. Uh, Beyonce's Lemonade, Rihanna's Anti, uh, Janelle Monet's Dirty Computer, and Beyonce's Four. Very excited. There are so many incredible stories to be told across the many possible outcomes of a championship round. Um, If Anti somehow wins the entire tournament and Four happens to win its Final Four matchup, Anti could defeat Beyonce's fourth, fifth, and sixth albums to win the title. Because in the first round, Anti took out self-titled... Anti will be facing off against Lemonade in the final four round. And if four makes it on the other side, Anti could face four in the championship round. And wouldn't that be crazy if Rihanna knocked off all three of Beyonce's uh, arguably best albums um, (laughs) to win the title? And like what a road that would like what a journey like that's that's a hard road to success to borrow. my friend Brian and Noah's term from their Multiplex Madness Forever tournament at What's in the Box Office. Go check out their podcast. Um, hard Road to Success. Or Lemonade could end its dominant run in this tournament, beating, running through tons of men like Frank Ocean, The Weeknd, D'Angelo, with a win over Rihanna, Janelle Monet, or herself. <laughs> um, Anti and Four could both win the tournament after starting in the play-in round. Probably, you know, the, you know, smallest chances of winning the tournament. They, you know, had to play in in those low seeds um, to get into the tournament. And that pretty much guaranteed they would face high seeds from then on out. Um, And look at them now. They're in the final four. Upset after upset. Um, Three women, four albums. One will be crowned the best R&B album of the 2010s. Uh, any thoughts before we get started? I'm just really interested to see how this plays out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be very interesting. I think the, um, the Beyonce versus Beyonce thing is weighing heavy on lots of people's minds yeah. <laughs> of yeah. whether, whether that could happen. Even as a Beyonce fan, I'm troubled. <laughs> You're troubled? <laughs> <laughs> well, tr- trouble, trouble no more. Okay. Um... Because we're gonna we're gonna get into it. Uh, let me open up the final four document so I can give you all the stats. Okay. So the way this works, as you probably know, there are five categories, five games. Uh, an album has to win three out of five to advance. Those categories are success, achievements, quality, cohesion, and legacy. We are going to start. Uh, in the Critics' Choice Conference, so this matchup determines 
the Critics' Choice Conference champion. Um, all of the albums in this uh, conference were received their seeding, their ranking by Metacritic Critic Score. Um, we have the three seed Lemonade by Beyonce released April twenty third, two thousand sixteen. Facing off against the 7 seed Anti by Rihanna, released January 28th, 2016. So two albums released in the same year. Um, Anti started the year and then Beyonce came in the spring with the heat. Um, To get here, Beyonce's Lemonade defeated. Let me pull that up. Beyonce's Lemonade defeated Black Radio by Robert Glasper, Channel Orange by Frank Ocean, um, Black Messiah by D'Angelo, Rihanna's Anti defeated uh, Self Titled by Ella May, uh, Self Titled by Beyonce, Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino, and Control by SZA. Anti had a hard road to get here. I think Lemonade, yeah. Lemonade kind of. You know, it's kind of walk in the park, I think, for for Lemonade. I, I think, you know, Channel Orange and Black Messiah gave it, gave us a lot to think about. But at the end of the day, I think it, it won handily, you know, in most of the matchups because of how strong a contender it is. So and it's that three seed advantage, right? Like it gets a little bit of a lighter competitor slate because it was ranked higher. Uh, yeah. Actually, so look at me knowing how tournaments work. <laughs> Maybe. So, wrong. <laughs> so because it was in the three seed, um, automatically it's going to face the six seed in the first round. Um, but it's also not going to face the first seed because the first seed um, gets the, you know, the advantage of facing the lower seed if it advances. So the first seed faces the eight seed right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it faces the winner of the four and five matchup rather than the three and six, um, which is where Lemonade. Uh, so Lemonade didn't have to face the number one seed until last round. Whereas if Lemonade was ranked a little higher or, you know, a few spots lower, it could have faced the one seed early on. And I mean, either way, it didn't matter because it did beat the one seed Black Messiah last week. But um, here we are. The ultimate underdog, seven seed anti against the three seed lemonade. Let's start with success. Both anti and lemonade sold at least three million units. Um, so this is where we go to the first week sales. And so now we have a, a dilemma or just something that we need to talk through. Lemonade sold 653,000 in the first week, which, first of all, is incredible. Uh, this is 2016. Like streaming was already a thing and like people, people don't really sell physical units like that anymore. I think like if I remember correctly, 400 or something of that 653 was physical units, which doesn't make sense. Like that's insane. Um, But Anti, if you remember, Anti had that similar to how Jay-Z had the deal with, I think it was Magna Carta Holy Grail, not 444 where a company bought a million records right off the bat and then redistributed them to, I don't remember who it was for uh, Jay-Z, but for Rihanna, Samsung, she has her Samsung deal. They bought a million copies and then distributed them to Samsung users Mm. for free. So technically, Anti went platinum the first day because of that million. Um. If we consider that, then anti wins this category. If we cons- if we don't think that that's fair, and we consider the first week after that, um, then lemonade wins because I think anti sold like a hundred and something thousand mm. um, in the first full tracking week. But if we're going by like you know the certifications and whatnot, then technically anti went platinum the first day because Samsung bought a million up front. So, what are your thoughts? Do you think anti gets the win? Like, what what do you what are your thoughts? Does the organization that grants the certifications count the Samsung type deals? That is a good question. So, the RIAA, who is the one that um, decides gold, platinum, does count it because the certification 
the date certified was listed as the day after Anti was released. So she officially went platinum that week, but Billboard and like Nielsen did not count uh, the million um, as you know sales or not. So like she wouldn't, it, they wouldn't have counted that toward their charts with how many she sold. They waited for the first full tracking week, which was that a hundred and some thousand, to count that. But she she got the platinum certification the day of, so they counted it. That sounds anti-black, so I'm going to say, <laughs> let's count it. Okay, uh, so in that case, anti takes a 1-0 lead. Let me write that down so we remember. Okay, let's move on to achievements. Um, Grammys. You know, as I mentioned last week, anti is 0 for 4 at the Grammys, while Lemonade is 1 for 4 at the Grammys, uh, winning, um, what was it? Lemonade won Best Progressive R&B Album. Uh, so Lemonade takes the lead. Billboard, both albums reached number one on all three charts. That's the Billboard 200, the Billboard Top R&B Chart, and the Billboard Top Hip Hop and R&B Chart. But Anti stayed there longer. Um, Anti is still on the charts. Anti was still on the charts when Lemonade was released and was still there when Lemonade left the charts. Wow. So Anti ties it up with the Billboard uh, part of the achievement category. And then we go to the records and miscellaneous achievements. Huge records for both albums. Anti has seven platinum records, two greater then five times platinum work went eight times platinum needed me went seven times platinum plus rihanna was the most streamed female artist of 2016 um anti was the longest charting album by a black female in billboard history still is 264 weeks and counting lemonade has three platinum records was the most streamed album in a week on title by a female artist Uh, Beyonce became the first artist to have her first six projects debut at number one on Billboard 200 and the first female artist to have 12 plus songs chart simultaneously on the Hot 100. So let's discuss who wins out here because the Grammys and the Billboards are tied. Lemonade took Grammys, Anti took Billboard. So let's 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 break it down piece by piece. Uh, if we look at the platinum, like the pl- the certifi- certified records, Anti has more. Mm-hmm. Seven platinum records, um, two greater than five times. Lemonade just has three. So I would say that in that battle, it's one for, for Anti, right? Yeah. Um, Rihanna was the most streamed female artist of 2016. Uh, Lemonade was the most streamed album in a week on title by a female artist. Considering that Beyonce also released an album in 2016. I would say that Rihanna's, Rihanna's, you know, streaming achievement is greater. Yeah, I agree. And this again is probably to do with the the title exclusivity shenanigans right, that they right. were on at the time. Um, uh, Anti was the longest charting album by a black female in Billboard history, and still is. That's a huge achievement. Um, it is also, I would say that's, that's right in line with Beyonce's achievement of becoming the very first artist to have, um, her first six projects debut at number one. I mean, yeah. And then Beyonce also has, she's the first female artist to have 12 plus songs chart simultaneously on the Hot 100. Mm. That alone is a, is a point for Beyonce right there. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know if like, yeah, this is really tough. This is really I tough. I think Anti is winning here. So currently we have two points for Anti, the, the certified records and the, the best streaming situation of the year head to head. Anti has two. Beyonce has one for being the first female artist to have 12 plus songs chart simultaneously on the Hot 100. The only thing either of them have left is... Beyonce's first artist to have her first six projects debut at number one and Rihanna's uh, longest charting album by a black female in Billboard history. If we give one to Beyonce, we'll just consider the entire achievements category a tie. If we give it to Anti, 
um, anti wins. If we give one to each, then anti wins. I would say we give one to each only because Rihanna's achievement here solely looks at this, like the strength of this album. Uh huh. And oh, it may good not point. be totally fair to give Beyonce the win for the strength of the rest of her catalog. You know, that's a good point because. Honestly, Beyonce could have put out any album in this slot and she probably could have broken this record. Okay, that's fair. So I think I think we give this to Anti. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So Anti is leading 2-0. Um, I do want to say I mentioned before that if anything was going to have the opportunity to beat Lemonade, it yeah. would need to take those first two categories and Anti has done it. So it's... Lemonade needs to sweep these last three categories to move on. If Anti wins any one of them, uh, Anti moves on. So let's go to quality. The better album, however, however you can, whatever you consider that to mean, I'll start. I won't. I won't do this to you. I'll save that for the next round. Um, it's not going to be any easier. I know. I know. Um, formation versus work. Sorry versus Needed Me, Hold Up versus Kiss It Better, Sandcastles versus Love on the Brain. Like, both of these albums are amazing. Both of these albums have um, incredible songs, great writing. Um, Rihanna had the bigger, more successful songs, I would say, but Beyonce had the more popular songs in the culture. Um, Beyonce definitely outsang Rihanna. Yes. I mean, that's that's not a question. Um, what it came down to for me is that while Beyonce gave us this incredible music, she also told a very revealing personal story about her marriage with Jay-Z. And that's something we had never gotten from her. She got a little personal and self-titled, but it was more personal from like her sexual exploits, mm-hmm. which was still different. But this is a different level of personal like. I feel like Lemonade sat everybody down on the couch in their therapy session and like took us all along for the ride from start to finish, like from anger to forgiveness. And I don't think any album has that that I've listened to has like ever done anything like that. Um, The story played out so well, regardless of even the visuals that she added. I gave this one to Lemonade. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. And I think from the very beginning of that album, it's set up to take you on a story journey. Mm-hmm. Like the the quiet and, and delicate nature of the first track <laughs> yeah. and then building into the angrier parts of the album. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's a beautiful body of work in general. Um, and like, let's... Let's be clear here. These are two of my favorite albums. (laughs) Right, right. So this is very difficult. And obviously, Anti is an achievement, too. Mm -hmm. I just, I think that quality-wise, Lemonade edges it out. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Lemonade avoids um, being (laughs) being swept 3-0. It is 2-1 in favor of Anti. Cohesion. I think our, our points in the quality round kind of dovetail directly into this. Um, while stylistically Lemonade might not be perfectly cohesive, I think the story told through the music is so easy to follow and is so thematically consistent. Whereas we've talked in the past about some of Anti's cohesion slip-ups along the way. Um, you know, some songs that just may not really gel with the rest of the the vibe that Rihanna has gone on, like, you know, maybe same old mistakes, yeah. uh, maybe even like Woo or Desperado, like some some songs in there. Like those songs are still great, but from a cohesive standpoint, you know, at, at this point in the final four, we're looking at like perfect cohesion and anti is not perfectly cohesive whereas i think lemonade is as close to perfect as you can get in this term, term tournament excuse me to a cohesive album so i gave cohesion to lemonade yeah i i think that makes perfect sense i this is maybe a testament to my own preparation for this episode but i wish i had maybe looked up like a if there was an artist statement from rihanna around this album hmm. like what she was going for cuz it could be that she was that the album was designed in opposition to cohesiveness. 
I do think you have something there. Um, I feel like I don't know if if I've heard her say this, but I feel like the sentiment was that Rihanna was making an al- album that was anti any other like pop slash R and B album that was out there. So that could be a point. Like you know, she was making an album that was good, was great, was amazing, regardless of its cohesion. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that that very well could be true. I think if I could just fantasy book an album for Rihanna that would have been cohesive based on any of the tracks that we did get on Anti, mm-hmm. it probably would have been James Joint, that opening track with SZA. Oh. If we could have gotten a whole album of that vibe for Rihanna, I feel like... That would have been really cool. That would have been very cool and not like any of her other albums. True. Um, but I... Let me know if you ever hear this, Rihanna. We can chat about. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and who knows? I'm I'm intrigued if we ever do get R nine, whatever Rihanna's ninth album is going to be called. Um, we've heard that it's going to be very reggae dance hall um, oriented, and you know, while it's while I would love to have another anti another R and B forward Rihanna album, I think a reggae dance hall album from Rihanna could be incredible, could maybe finally get her the Grammy uh, or the the album Grammy that she deserved for Anti. Um, And, you know, I think SZA little situation could fit perfectly in that type of vibe, too. So who knows? Who knows if Rihanna decides to ever give us music again? Um, at this point, she's on the Frank Ocean level. Um, yeah. But I mean, she deserves it because like, unlike Frank Ocean, Rihanna was putting out um, an album like every year, every work, other work, year, work, work, work. like yes. So you know, take your time off, build your business. Um, Says business. Businesses, yes. Um, okay, so we are tied two to two, going into the legacy conversation. I honestly did not think we would get here because yeah. I thought I wasn't sure how the success and achievement category would go with the things that we had to discuss about them. Mm-hmm. So I thought Lemonade would take one of those. Um, so I thought it would have been over at Cohesion. So I finally get to talk about the legacy stuff that I thought I was going to save for the championship, but here we are. Um, legacy. Oh boy. Two of the strongest legacies in the tournament. Um, we've talked a lot about Rihanna's legacy or anti's legacy. This is the last album we've received from Rihanna. This came out in 2016 and is now 2021. We are past the five-year mark because this came out in January of 2016. We're at about five and a half years since our last Rihanna album. Um, It's our best piece of work. It's her most focused album. Um, The the hype over her, her... Ninth album would not be as high if not for Anti. If Rihanna had given us another talk that talk or unapologetic in the anti space um you know obviously we're always going to be hyped for a new rihanna album but the hype would not be this no. big no. the hype is this big because anti was that damn good and now we're fiending you know she gave us a taste and we're like ooh, give us you can sing <laughs> give me more wow. <laughs> um she brought r&b to the pop mainstream using her stardom popularity and the success of this album, putting R&B at the forefront in 2016, you know, a big pop artist like Rihanna deciding to like focus in on R&B uh, puts a lot more eyes on R&B. And I think especially at the time, that's something that R&B could have used. Yeah. Um, she introduced Tame Impala to new audiences with her cover of Same Old Mistakes. She brought dance hall back into the mainstream with the huge success of work. Um, we may never get another Rihanna album like this, which is, I think, one of the biggest legacy points for Anti. Mm. Um, do you have anything? We can make this a group discussion. Do you have anything else to add about Anti before we get into Lemonade? Or Anti's legacy? No. Yeah? No, I'm I'm just trying to hold hold all of this in my mind at the same time and process it all. <laughs> That's real. Uh, okay, Lemonade. Uh, not only did Beyonce reveal more of her personal life than ever before and truly place herself among the greatest artists ever with this album. I think if anybody was confused before, 
after she released this album, it was solidified. Yeah. Um, she somehow became even more versatile, adding rock, reggae, country. Um, uh, what else? There was there was another one. Rock, reggae, country. I can't think of the other one. Um, oh, even like even more hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, adding those to the genres of music that she can seamlessly conquer. Say what you want about about Daddy Lessons, but like that was a huge deal um, that she got nominated song. for a country award. Yeah. yeah, as someone who doesn't like country music. Mm-hmm. Yep. She reclaimed rock and country for Black women. Uh, Formation became one of the best songs of the decade. Mm-hmm. That song, along with Sorry and Don't Hurt Yourself, became anthems for women everywhere. Um, black women especially. Becky with the good hair is forever a part of the culture now because of Beyonce. People will be saying that for... No. For, huh? Sorry, I thought you... No, I was saying people are going to be saying that maybe until the end of time. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even mean to do that. Uh, see, it see. Was also hard for me to not do. Look at that legacy. legacy. <laughs> Look at that. Le- oh, it's got you. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, I am positive that the album's visual rollout inspired dozens of artists to step their game up, and is being taught in film school somewhere. Like that's yes. that's a fact. Um, she uplifted the careers of the poets and artists featured uh, on her album. For instance, when people like Warsan Shires. Um, sales skyrocketed because uh, Beyonce featured her on the album in one of her poems. Um, Red Lobster sales skyrocketed <laughs> um, after the that was on Formation, right? I take his ass yeah, to Red Lobster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Red Lobster legitimately saw a skyrocket in their in their sales. I really because hope Beyonce she lost mentioned them. them before she did. That would song. is that does that count as insider trading? No. Maybe it's more like speculation, but I don't think that's against the law. She didn't sure. know the song would be a hit. That's, I mean, but she did. <laughs> I mean, come on. She knew she was at that point. Um, I think it's only insider trading if she told the CEO. Oh, uh, fair, fair. Oh, fair, fair. Um, so all of that, Oh, on top of the fact that I'm pretty sure the lemon emoji belongs to her now. Like, yeah. I feel like the beehive just, they added the lemon to the, their bee uh, that they would spam in, you know, people's comments on behalf of Beyonce. Just a lot. There was just so much that Beyonce has inspired and impacted. And I think for me, the legacy goes to Lemonade because of what I said to start that long list of Lemonade's uh, accomplishments, that Beyonce entered the pantheon of one of the greatest artists ever with the the release of Lemonade. And I think as as much as everything we said about anti is true, I think that is the bigger deal here. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think back on all the conversations that I've had at various barbecues with my family about my speculation that Beyonce is the Michael Jackson of our time. Oh, yes. I think I I was there for those conversations. (laughs) I'm sure you were. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was around the time of Lemonade that the opposition to that idea started to become less less enthusiastic. Like, it's, it's very, very clear that she is, like, the best storyteller, best singer, best all around performer that we Mm -hmm. have in R&B music today. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's so much, like, opposition on the internet and the culture to, like, mentioning Beyonce, like, amongst people like Michael Jackson and Prince. But, like, like what, what else could you possibly want from her? And, like, why are you hating on her besides probably, obviously, misplaced, like, misogyny, like, that could, like say that 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 she shouldn't be there like who who is it instead (laughs) like beyonce is insane like she is and and she's she would she proved that honestly before lemonade but it was lemonade where it was like okay there's nothing else you can say anymore like just look at how influential this album was so and how objectively beautiful yeah 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 even if you don't like her and you just pause any frame of that whole (laughs) visual album they're Mm. beautiful images yeah yeah she really knows what she's doing 
uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have even known how to begin looking at this legacy conversation because both of these albums are huge. But I do think that the, the iconic nature of Lemonade and its lasting impact, not just on the Billboard charts, but in the culture at large, mm-hmm. gives it the legacy win. I agree. We have our Critics' Choice Conference Champion. It is the three-seed Lemonade. Um, one win away from going all the way. Um, this is who we thought uh, would really really had the opportunity to take the win from the beginning. Uh, so, you know, it's good to see that she's close. And, you know, this is the Critics' Choice Conference. I said it was, it was, everything was received their seating by, um, by the Metacritic Critic Score. Beyond, Lemonade's Metacritic Critic Score was a 92, you know, out of a, out of an 100. I don't think anything's ever received in 100. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the highest I've ever seen out of the things that I looked at was To Pimp a Butterfly at like maybe a 95 or a 96. Oh, actually, I have the data right here. Uh, A 96. Um, The highest in this R&B tournament was Black Messiah at a 95. Hmm. Um, Channel Orange and Lemonade actually had the same Metacritic critic score, but I think there was a separate tiebreaker thing that I did to decide the seeds that Channel Orange had over Lemonade that gave it the two seed. But Lemonade could have very well been the two seed. So Lemonade moves on. So let's move on to the Fan Love Conference Championship. Uh, we have the four seed Dirty Computer by Janelle Monet, released April 27th, 2018. Facing off against the eight seed four by Beyonce, released June 24th. Uh, 2011. Um, let me see. To get to this point, let me find. Uh, Dirty Computer defeated Wild Heart by Miguel. Uh, Blonde by Frank Ocean and the 2020 Experience by Justin Timberlake. Um, Four by Beyonce defeated Saturn by Neo. Um, The Electric Lady by Janelle Monae. A Seat at the Table by Solange and Trilogy by The Weeknd. Uh, let's start with the success category. Dirty Computer has sold at least 54,000 units, while 4 has sold at least 1.5 million units. 4 takes a 1-0 lead. Uh, achievements. Uh, at the Grammys, Dirty Computer is 0 for 1 with an Album of the Year nomination, but 4 won a song Grammy for Best Traditional R&B Performance for Love on Top. 4 takes the lead. Uh, on the Billboard charts, 4 ranked higher on 2 out of 3 of the charts and stayed there longer on all 3, so 4 extends its lead. Uh, records and achievements, 2 gold songs for Dirty Computer, 3 gold and 1 platinum song for 4. Also, four was this uh, made Beyonce the second female and third artist period to have four albums debut at number one. Um, so a clean sweep there. Four takes the achievement category. Uh, four leads to oh. Uh, quality. I'll let you start with this one. Dirty yeah. Computer versus four. I think these are two of the best R and B, the best female R and B singers that we have. Mm-hmm right now um both incredible vocalists but i do think it's significant that four beat what i think is janelle monet's second best album Mm -hmm. and i think that janelle monet's best album dirty computer is ultimately better quality wise than beyonce's second best album four I know that was a, a complicated one. It was. Just it was. There. But I, I think that Janelle Monet at her best is still better than Beyonce at not her best. Ah, I, I, got I you. I think that yes. Dirty Computer is uh, just storytelling-wise really beautiful. Um, the messages that she gives us on these songs... Uh, still hit home today. Obviously, some really important social themes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and like the arrangements are are quirky and fun, not really True. like anything else that we have going mm-hmm. or anything else in her uh android suites that we've seen <laughs> yes. before. True. Uh the prince influence can't be overlooked. Um it's just fun. Uh and while be- while 4 is also a fun album, it has some spotty moments. Um it's not a no skip album in the way that I think Dirty Computer is for me. Mhm. Uh so I'll hmm. I'll give this to Dirty Computer. What do you think? That's interesting. I I do agree. Um, with you, I, I gave this to Dirty Computer as well, but I'm trying to think about it. I think four is a no skip album for me. Really? Uh, mm, I, I usually skip run the world. Um, typical. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I'm not a misogynist. I just don't think that song is, is that good. <laughs> first, I'm not a hates women. <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> Thrown under the bus in my own home on my own podcast. I jumped? Is that what you said? Wow. Anyway. I don't have Twitter, so... <laughs> I gotta exercise my behalf tendencies. Just dragged me in my, on my own podcast. Um, I don't think Janelle Monet sings um, as well as Beyonce does in these two albums, but comparing these albums, I think Janelle's music is more interesting. Uh, Janelle rapping her ass off on Django Jane, the pure funk and amazing vibe of Make You Feel, the inherent beauty of Don't Judge Me, the power of the album's message. It's all just wholly more interesting to me than a more focused, cohesive Beyonce R&B pop album, which is essentially what four is. Um, I think that Janelle approaches everything with just it's it's just it's cooler it's just there's a lot more interesting things going on and so for that i gave quality to dirty computer yeah polish isn't everything yeah um okay so one on the board for dirty computer four leads two to one cohesion uh what are your thoughts i mean i do think dirty computer is is pretty cohesive Mm -hmm. again the the storytelling kind of carries us through the entire album uh, yeah, you know, I don't. I don't think that four really tells much of a story. No, it's like a general, as as much of a general R and B love story as most R and B albums. Yeah. I would say, and every album doesn't have to. But right. If we're talking cohesion, true. The styles are kind of all over the map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ed, what do you think? Um. Yeah, this one was easily dirty computer for me. Um. I do appreciate four because the vocal energy and the overall energy of the album is consistent like the slower songs at the beginning kind of transition into the more upbeat and vocally powerful songs and they don't really go back and forth too often um but janelle monet's execution of her concept and the successful delivery of a focused story that centers authenticity and self-love and uses her story to do it not like an android's for the most part is you know it's just incredible so i think the cohesion for me was dirty computer yeah, same. Okay, tie game, 2-2. Two, two. Comes down to Legacy. Um, do you have any thoughts about Legacy, Dirty Computer versus 4? Hmm. Didn't think that this one would get here either. Oh, what, what did you think would swing what way? Did you I, think? I guess I thought that we would be talking more about 4. I thought that things would would swing more in 4's direction. But hmm. legacy. This is Janelle Monet's best album. Yes. But it four introduced us to like the more honest version of Beyonce. I think mm-hmm. opened the door to where we started to go. Yes. Self titled and lemonade. Definitely. Um. Ultimately, I think Dirty Computer is a bigger deal for Janelle Monet's catalog than four is for Beyonce's agreed but it's also hard to just call this one right off the bat it's not an obvious <laughs> legacy conversation no it's not um I think four is a great album but you know as we discussed it's probably not top two in Beyonce's catalog I mean I think we all love obviously Lemonade is is number one but um 
I would I would guess that self-titled and four would have to battle it out for a top two. Um, and I know there's some I know that self-titled for some people is kind of like hit or miss mm. um, yeah. just because so self-titled is really all over the place um, in yeah. so many different facets. Like even the if you look at the visual album part of it, it's not as like like cohesive as lemonade like the music videos are even all over the place yeah, rather than like 10 music videos rather yeah than one um but i do still think it's a better album than four yeah um so yeah four is not um top two in beyonce's catalog because she continued to elevate with each album after it i think four contains some of her most underrated songs and some of the most memorable moments of her career we've talked about the impact of run the world despite you know the fact that i don't like that song that much um the pregnancy (laughs) announcement to be clear (laughs) what'd you say i'm i'm uh i'm removing my accusations oh okay okay um (laughs) everyone remembers the pregnancy announcement to love on top performing love on top the choreography of countdown the timelessness of party um but as you said dirty computers janelle's magnum opus she really came into her own on this album and the authenticity and the way she represented so many people throughout made this not just an important album for r&b but an important album for music at large the prince of it all is a big factor for me and how four quivers in the shadow of its successors is a big factor against four for me so i gave this to dirty computer Provocative. <laughs> it quivers. Quivers. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Okay. We have a fan love conference champion, Dirty Computer, uh, knocks off Beyonce's four to make it to the championship round. In the championship, we will have the three seed Lemonade facing off against the four seed Dirty Computer. That is exciting. That is exciting. Two albums left. Um, Okay, so let's take a quick break and then we will be right back to crown the best R&B album of the 2010s. Brush is an electric toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth. With powerful sonic technology and ultra gentle bristles, the Brush redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's like that feeling when you just leave the dentist. A fresh, whole mouth clean every single day. Our listeners get 15% off their total purchase with code POD15. Follow the link in the show notes and enter the code POD15 to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine. Let's get back to the show. Let's get back to the show. (laughs) Um, Welcome back, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Boombox. We have just crowned... The Critics' Choice Conference Champion, Lemonade, and the Fan Love Conference Champion, Dirty Computer. They will now face off in a round of five to determine the best R&B album from 2010 to 2019. Um, I feel good about this. Like, you know, I think if it had come down to any of the combinations of the four albums that you know, we're in the final four, it would have made sense to say, okay, yeah, these are four of the best albums of the past decade. And Dirty Computer and Lemonade being here makes a lot of sense to me. It's like, yeah, yeah, those, they both did similar things um, and also did amazing things. Um, So I'm excited that they both got here. Um, Let's get started. Uh, Championship round. The Three Seed Lemonade uh, released April 23rd, 2016, facing off against the Four Seed Dirty Computer, released April 27, 2018. Success, you already know, Dirty Computer sold at least 54,000 units. Lemonade sold at least 3 million. Lemonade takes a 1-0 lead. Uh, achievements, Dirty Computer, 0 for 1. Uh, with an album of the year nomination, while Lemonade is one for four at the Grammys, um, winning Best Progressive R&B Album. Uh, Lemonade takes the lead. 
Billboard, higher ranking and longevity for Lemonade. Um, so it extends its lead. Um, and then records and achievements. Two gold songs for Dirty Computer. Uh, Lemonade has three platinum records. Was the most streamed album in a week on title by a female artist. First six projects to debut at number one on Billboard 200 for Beyonce. Um, and the first female artist to have 12 plus songs chart simultaneously on the Hot 100. Lemonade leads 2-0. Um, Dirty Computer did not have the the success that Anti had at taking those first two categories. Um, let's get into quality. Um, at a basic level, I tried to look at which album, like, like I was trying any way to like think of like what is what is a way that Dirty Computer is better than Lemonade, and so I was like. Let me see which album has the greater set of songs. Um, those of you who are you know fans of the podcast know that in the volume one version of the Back in the Day tournament, uh, replacing the quality category was the greatest batch of songs. So you take you know which album had the bigger list of um, of just great songs, like above average songs, and whichever one had the the most. Mm-hmm was the winner. I decided to get rid of that category and replace it with quality, which I think tells the same story in a better way. Um, But I was like, well, let me look at it that way. And I got about six to seven songs from each album that was just like, this is, this is a top tier song. The only thing is Lemonade had two fewer songs to get there. Mm -hmm. I think Lemonade was 12 tracks. Dirty Computer was 14. Uh, at the end of the day, Lemonade is the better album. It is. Um, Beyonce tells such a personal story in such a creative way. It's got so much attitude and flair, and it is really just the best album in this tournament. I gave quality a Lemonade. Yeah. I I think it is significant that Lemonade does pack such a punch in a relatively short time. Like I didn't realize that Lemonade was only 45 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But she says so much. She yep. takes us on such an emotional journey. And I would say most of the album is above average, especially in the context of the rest of her catalog. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, I'm with you. Okay, well, it was quick. <laughs> but <laughs> Done and done. But, I mean, it was quick because Lemonade is that damn good. Um, thank you to Dirty Computer by Janelle Monae. Um you know, take that fan love conference championship and and wear it with pride. Um, it is a big deal to get here. It was just yeah. this was a tough decade to try and be better than Beyonce. Let's just put it like that. Three Beyonce albums in this tournament alone. Beyonce was I can you can probably say it here. Beyonce was the greatest R and B artist of this decade. Yeah. So knocking her out of this tournament, you would have to be otherworldly <laughs> and you know no album could really not even an android could do it <laughs> not even a dirty computer could get the job done um so you know lemonade was our pick at the beginning for which album could likely take it all the way and it did um it got close there i think with anti getting those first two i was a little i was like Ooh, is anti about to be lemonade um but then you know those last three categories really sealed it so in honor of lemonade being crowned the the tournament uh winner joining kendrick lamar's to pimp a butterfly as the two albums to win the back in the day tournament um i found a thread just earlier today i was just scrolling and there's this account i want to shout them out at black is king um they're called the number one black is king fan account um so this is a beehive member Very for sure Um, they tweeted out why lemonade by Beyonce is one of the most impactful albums of all time. A thread hashtag five years of lemonade. So I want to read this thread. Lemonade isn't just seen as an album, but as a cultural artifact worthy of academic analysis, it has spawned hundreds of academic papers and has been studied in over a dozen universities worldwide, touching on topics such as black feminism and cultural identity. Two books have also been published that focus on Lemonade. The Lemonade Reader uh, by Kenitra D. Brooks and Camila L. Martin. And Beyonce in Formation, Remixing Black Feminism by, 
I cannot read that, but it looks like Yumisei Ike Tinsley. Tinsley, sorry if I said your name wrong. Um, these books allow you to delve deep into the themes of Lemonade. Costumes and image of, images of Beyonce from the Lemonade era are found in museums around the world. Mm. Lemonade is credited with reviving the album as an art form in an era dominated by singles and streaming. Australian radio host Miff Warhurst said that Beyonce changed the album to a narrative with an arc and a story, and you have to listen to the entire thing to get the concept. Lemonade is also credited with reviving music videos as an art form, with Rolling Stone saying, Beyonce is single-handedly keeping the art of the music video alive. The Washington Post credits it with the trend of using music videos to explore race, emulated by artists such as Childish Gambino. The Lemonade film also kicked off a trend with several artists releasing visual albums and music films to try and emulate Lemonade, such as Drake and Frank Ocean. The various use of genres on Lemonade have been credited with helping the industry move beyond genre boundaries. Lemonade is credited with helping black people reclaim country, setting the prevent for the popularization of cowboy aesthetics and the yeehaw agenda. Rock which has helped save the genre, according to Rolling Stone, and it has helped African mysticism return to popular music. That's a good point. Yeah. Several other artists said they were inspired by Lemonade when creating their albums, such as Cardi B, Little Mix, and Snoop Dogg. Critics have written about how other artists were inspired by Lemonade for their albums, including Taylor Swift, Fiona Apple, Shania Twain, and Alicia Keys. I mean, just look at the, the range of genres across yeah. all of those names. The innovative artistic qualities of Lemonade have inspired works outside of music, including television, Lovecraft Country, film, Beauty and the Beast, and theater, Hole at the Royal Court, a play by Ellie Kendrick. Additionally, Lemonade-era Beyoncé inspired the character of Catherine of Aragon in the West End and Broadway musical Six, and the character of Cleopatra in the London National Theater's 2018 production of Shakespeare's Antony and Cleopatra. Daughters of the Dust, a film that Beyonce paid homage to in Lemonade, was brought back to theaters after the album was released. MTV brought back the breakthrough long-form video category at the VMAs after 25 years because of Lemonade. Of course, the Beyonce effect continued. People involved in the album, such as Warsaw Shire, saw an 800% increase in sales after its release. Brands such as Red Lobster and El Camino, and even small details like the lemon and bee emoji, saw an increase in popularity after Lemonade. The impact also extended into fashion, with trends such as yellow dresses, lemon print, black berets, piped clothing, all sourced to Lemonade, and of course, the popular hairstyle, Lemonade Braids, was named after the album and was subsequently added to the Fashion Dictionary. I did not know that. <laughs> the word Bama was also added to the Oxford English Dictionary, just like Bootylicious in 2016. A drug discovery tool that was invented to combat antibiotic resistance was named Slay, Surface Localized Antimicrobial Display <laughs> After Formation. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt made a whole episode homage to Lemonade. In addition to Lemonade's own four Emmy noms, this episode received two Emmy noms, including Best Music and Lyrics for the Hold Up parody, Hell No. I didn't know that. Have you seen this? No, homage? apparently I stopped watching Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt too soon. <laughs> we have to go back and watch that. Yeah. Hold Up was also, was also paid... Uh, I keep saying homage, but I don't know if it's homage or homage, so I'm just going to keep saying homage. To in several other shows such as The Simpsons, BoJack Horseman, Making a Scene with James Franco, The Ellen DeGeneres Show, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, The Daily Show, The Late Late Show with James Corden, and Late Night with Seth Meyers. Parodies and homages of other Lemonade videos have also appeared in other shows. This includes two SNL sketches. And of course, the iconic formation look worn by legends such as Serena Williams, Michelle Obama, and Blue Ivy. It even inspired a Marvel comic cover with the illustrator saying that Beyonce is the perfect symbol of representation, feminism, and fighting for what's right. Uh, lastly, Lemonade has had an immense impact on politics and black female identity, which deserves its own separate thread in order to do it justice. To conclude, stand Lemonade and make sure you buy the album on iTunes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what else is left to say? Legacy right yeah. there. That all of it and that and that is why you know it, it was set in stone that this this album 
was going to get here and was going to win this tournament. I, I thought it was definitely possible that an album could have come in here, you know, depending on if the numbers were right and, you know, gave Lemonade a run for its money. And a couple albums did. But at the end of the day, I think the right album made it here. Um, I think Lemonade and To Pimp a Butterfly for different but, you know, similar reasons, um, you know, won their respective tournaments. Um, both of those albums are about a year apart. Um, I, th- I think this makes sense. Yeah, I feel like those are both good encapsulations of what that de- that decade felt like, ex- especially from like the the black experience perspective. I agree. Okay. Yeah. That's a tournament. We did it. That's a tournament. Um, shout outs, big shout outs uh, to you, Karen. Thank you so much for joining the podcast for the past six weeks i appreciate it i know the listeners are gonna miss me i know uh, crapping on the weekend yeah well (laughs) i'm I'm sure you know what next time the weekend releases an album um i'll make sure to have you back on and we can discuss it live on the on the podcast i will give it an honest chance (laughs) oh oh, did you say chance uh chance the rapper is that weird because i I, you know i i think the listeners had some beef with you over him as well (laughs) just misheard i think you were too because i don't i don't remember you i'm a huge fan of chance the rapper you are i don't remember you having beef about chance if i could wear hats if i could fit them over my hair i probably would have bought one of those three hats by now they are nice so anyway for the record i'm a big chance the rapper fan (laughs) um yeah i'm just gonna just mess with you i know um so yes thank you again uh for being a delightful co-host um bringing all of your r&b knowledge to help us crown a champion um this has been dope um i love doing tournaments on the podcast shout out to brian and noah from the what's in the boxes podcast um who started their multiplex madness tournament in the first place that gave me the idea for the back in the day tournament um and now i think it's probably a thing that um you know i will continue to do i will i will guarantee you now that i will be going back to the 2000s decade Mm. Um, to do this same thing uh, for to find the best hip hop album of the 2000s, so 2000 to 2009, as well as the best R and B album. Um, no time soon, but they will be happening. Just because I think it's just a great exercise, um, and it's also just a really cool way to relive and re-experience, you know, albums that came out. Um, in those periods, because they can fall by the wayside with all the we get music, new music all the time. Literally every day we get new music if we wanted to. So um, it's real hard for some of those older albums to really, really latch on uh, with you. So I think those these tournaments are a great way to revisit those. I was going to say, I feel like you should get a, a co-host for those series that was like at our current age during that time. So who was, like, in their 30s in the 2000s? 20s or 30s, I think. Like, early adulthood. I feel like the fact that we were in middle school for a significant amount of the 2000s would maybe color our perspective. It could be good to have a counterpoint. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, A lot of the, the albums from, like, 2000 to 2005, I would say, I probably, you know, experienced not in the moment. Certainly um, not in the club. <laughs> not in the club, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's a good idea. I have to let's see. We're so if I got somebody who was like let's say twenty five in the two thousands decade, that would put them at about like. I mean, we don't have to reveal their age now. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I but they don't exist now. I don't know who this person would be. Okay. But I guess in the future, if they I come on, help you with recruitment. Yeah, you're right. If you you're don't right. Go put you're their right. Shit out of the street they right. they can do the math. They can do the math. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if I know too many people in that age range. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll I'll look into that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So this has been thinking outside the boombox. That is conclusion of the back in the day tournament volume two. Congratulations to Beyonce's Lemonade. Um, if you do not have enough tournament in your life. Uh, Brian and Noah at the What's in the Box office podcast are currently in the middle of their Multiplex Madness Forever tournament. Um, They are looking at the 90s and they are trying to decide what is the uh, greatest, uh, the biggest blockbuster film of the 90s. So 1990 to 1999. 
Um, it's really fun. They are currently, by the time you listen to this episode, I think they will be getting ready to release the second part of their Sweet 16. We're going to be featured on one of the Elite Eight episodes to help them narrow down some movies. So if you like tournaments and you like what we did here and you like movies, go on over to what's in the box office, wherever you listen to podcasts, they've got a cool tournament going on. Um, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, TOTB, the podcast website is thinking outside the boombox.com. Join that mailing list if you want. Um, you already know what it is. This is thinking outside the boombox, your number one source for hip hop and R&B news. Thanks again to Karen for co-hosting. It's been fun. Peace. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.